welcome to the show where we shine a light on the biggest barriers and obstacles that get in the way of getting things done. What I like to call monsters and myths, simply because they exist and thrive in the shadows of organizations and in life itself, actually, because very few people are brave enough to step forward and do something about them. So we always look for the magic from people that have managed to overcome these monsters and myths. And today's guest is full of fire. She is an internationally acclaimed author, founder and CEO of Unconventional Ventures, podcast host of an amazing podcast called One Vision. Not often that I give a shout out to somebody else's podcast there. Welcome to the show, Theo. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got here before we get into your biggest barriers and obstacles. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. Um, What do I do? I need to find a succinct way of explaining it like you do so that I can actually explain to people what it is that I do. Um, before I do that, though, disclaimer, I did not start in banking, so do not hold that against me. I tell people that all the time. I spent 15 years in tech, um, specifically telecom, before I moved on to startups and nonprofits. And then I decided that, hey, I want to have a say-so in what I do, and I want to control how I use my time. So I started the company, uh, gosh, this was back in 2016, um, uh, and uh, there was a story behind the name. It's, uh, for a split second, I did think about starting a fund um, and then realized I would be completely out of my depth, but what do I have? I have network. I have an understanding of what people need. I have an understanding of the gap that needs to be closed before we can get people what they want to need, um, specifically towards financial inclusion. And so that's why the company is called Unconventional Ventures, is looking at things that people don't typically think about. People don't think about financial inclusion. People don't think about older adults. People don't really think about the needs of women and immigrants and those who are not banked. And that's why I am. And I've uh, been lucky enough to uh, have my voice somewhere here and there and uh, to be able to publish two books now with um, Colgan Page. And, um, you know, I feel privileged to have that space. I truly do. And you possibly left out one of your biggest um, attributes uh, for those people that are listening instead of watching, you've got to have to get onto the YouTube channel to have a look at what is in the back of Theo's office, because it is full of Lego, Star Wars specifically models. But I mean, huge. I spy a Millennium Falcon there, and I think that there's a walker down the bottom there. Yep, and in the process. Uh-huh. There is, yes. And I believe there's a Death Star somewhere that the bunny jumps over. So, yes. Uh, just, and a Star Destroyer and R2, two R2s. 
That's it. And and uh, just just for clarification, the audience of this podcast comes from a huge variety of industries, not just financial services. Actually, I think only a few of them are in financial services. Um, so you are speaking to a very wide audience, um, and I think quite a few of them. I know one in specific is a massive Lego fan, so he's going to definitely be getting onto the YouTube channel to have a look at your collection there. But enough of that. Let's get into the the things that have gotten in your way. I'm not going to ask you to to tell everybody how old you are, but let's just say you've been in the business for a couple of decades. Your career spans a few decades, um, and and there's there's been some big monsters and myths that have hampered things that you've tried to change in the past so let's get into it tell us what is the first biggest monster and myth <laughs> back to your question i am a proud going to be half century old <gasps> awesome yes my birthday is coming up in november and i look forward to actually getting on stage that week in london and tell people hey yeah I'm turning 50 this week and bite me. Um, maybe Nobody's not exactly in those words. Of course, they're going to want <laughs> to see your birth passport and all of that. Yes, I do have the Asian genes. Um, so that's a good thing. No, so I have been in the in working, I'll say in the industry. I've been working for a few decades. So I've went through the um the start of the the dot-com days, the dot-com crash and uh the beginning of fintech and i don't even know where we're right now i i actually can we just banish the word fintech because it doesn't really mean much anymore anyway i got distracted i think the first thing um i would like to say i thought about this by the way backdrop i thought about you know should we talk about ai should we talk about the metaverse should we talk about algorithms should we talk about embedded finance and all of that you know because that's what people expect to hear right these are the bad things or culture or digital transformation. What does that mean? Um, I'm going to bring us back to the basic. Conventional ventures. So exactly. And I cause trouble. See, I see. the first monster is predator. Not predator in the sense of a dinosaur, but predator in terms of those who have the power to govern the direction of the ecosystem, those who have a say-so in what gets done and what doesn't get done, those who can control who gets promoted and who doesn't, those who can control how you use technology and for whose needs it serves. And predominantly men. Now, it I'm pausing there. Yeah. And for dramatic effect. <laughs> And as you were describing all of those attributes, and and this is one that I I really want to I want to get into because I don't know why, but nobody's ever brought that up on the show before, and yet I know it happens. I'm a husband, a father of two daughters, a brother to six sisters. And, and I know through their 
lived experiences. I don't have to live through it to know what happened to them. I hear the stories all the time. And yet nobody is brought up specifically, and, and it is largely a gender thing. It's men, a particular kind of men, a particular behavior that, that gets in the way of, of a lot of people, not just, although predominantly they get in the way of women, because of their attitudes, but not just women, they get in the way of other men as well because of a particular behavior. But can you share with us just a couple of examples of what you mean, your lived experiences or those of, of people that have recounted things to you, just so that people understand that there's just, there is no, um, uh, there's no denying what it is that you're saying because nobody can say oh that's a load of nonsense they can't be dismissive about it you've lived through it what's happened <laughs> i feel like this is a um therapy session let's see how much time do you have andrew um jokes aside um I, I would i would preface this by saying if you are a woman working on industry and if you had not been through at least one of the following you are either oblivious or you are just freaking lucky um congrats my friend um oh my goodness so where do we start um when i first started in tech this is before fintech um i had so so this you don't think it's 50 imagine when i was 20s what do i look like um i had gotten mistaken as um ea before um, I had gotten asked by people to go fetch coffee, take notes. I had gotten advice on how I'm supposed to dress um, and where I'm supposed to position myself amongst men in tensed negotiation situations and circumstances to ease the pressure. I'll put it nicely. Um, I had gotten cornered in bathrooms to the extent I had to lock myself in multiple times until help arrived. I had gotten cornered in client-sponsored dinners to the extent that I could not escape. I had gotten stalked in hotel rooms to the extent that I needed my colleagues to come rescue me um, and walk me back to my room to make sure that I was safe. You want to go on? <laughs> this is, this is, this is, a this is, a woman working in tech in and out industry where every single moment when you're out there, you have to do a mental exercise, a mental gymnastics to think about what situation am I going to put myself in to keep myself in trouble? I've learned to excuse myself before dessert because that's typically when things happen. I've learned to now even more so surround myself with women. I've learned not to go at dinner with men. Um, I have learned a variety of things just to keep yourself safe or not into getting into a situation where things would be mistaken. Um, and every time when you meet someone, you always think, well, do they come and want to talk to you because they're genuinely interested in what you're doing? Or do they, are they thinking about something else? Um, when people ask for things, when they ask for your contact, which is really common, right? That's how you get business done. What would you expect afterwards? 
if you get into an elevator with, some, with someone in a conference, in a hotel, what could happen? It, it's nonstop. And I think that's what kills people. I've had people who came to me right off to Me Too that happened in the US that said she got propositioned the day when the news broke in a dinner in San Francisco. And it, it never stopped, right? And so it goes back to the, I think everyone who works in our industry, whether or not you're a man or woman, most likely you have either experienced something or you've seen something that happened. The question is, why the hell has it not changed? So I can't even, it's, it, it's seldom I'm at a loss for words, you know, I'm quite verbose normally, but it's a mixture of, of disappointment, anger, shame, all of the above that, that anybody is feels that way in a social or in a corporate setting anybody gets put in that situation for whatever reason and i'm em embarrassed ashamed on behalf of my gender historically particularly but it is, and I am generalizing, um, because bizarrely this week, uh, somebody, a, a, a lady at a, an event that I was at turned around and she said, um, can you tell me whether there are any other people like you of your age group? And I, I thought, what's she getting at? Um, and she looked me square in the eyes and she said, not a dick and i went I, I beg your pardon and she said seriously when i meet people of your age group and your and it, it goes beyond in my particular case yes i'm an old white guy right um for those that weren't watching uh, uh the youtube that might come as a surprise i don't think so um but i'm an old white guy and therefore um i I understand I've had a lot of privilege in life um, just by nature of uh, where and when I was born and who my parents were. Um, but I had never really considered um, the privilege, male privilege, until I actually had, uh, well, um, had my wife in the work environment, firstly which is decades ago, we are older than you. Um, and then having children that enter the work environment, that really, that's when it really struck home because it was decades later, after my wife and I got married, we, my wife and I've been together since, uh, we were in school in the same class together since 12 years old. And we've been together as a couple since 16. So I, you know, we we are equal partners and everything that we do and i thought that that was the way that things were you know there is no one better than the other um in any way shape or form until i entered the work environment um and back in those days i was complicit 
for doing nothing. And it's only really, as I said, when my kids, my two daughters, when they entered into the workplace, when I realized this is, this is not, this isn't right. And, and shame on me for it taking so long for that penny to drop, because by that time, uh, I was in my late 30s, and it took that long for the penny to drop to go, this really isn't right. And ever since then, I haven't kept my mouth shut when I see something that isn't right. And yet, one of the things that you've just said there is people have seen those things happen but they haven't done anything about it yeah. so we know the impact the impact of of that kind of predator behavior in a social setting and in a work setting where it's it's even can't even say it's even more inexcusable it's inexcusable in either setting um but that kind of behavior, for that still to be commonplace in the society that we live in, because I know that culturally in certain places of the world, it's not my place to comment on uh, their beliefs and maybe religions or something that dictates a particular way. But, but you and I, we live in the Western world and and people still think it's acceptable just to sit around and do nothing. Have you ever managed to, because uh, I'm, I'm horrified at the thought that you've, you even have to, you have to excuse yourself before dessert and leave. I mean that. Yeah. I don't stay unless I knew I have someone there with me all the time that they won't leave. That, but otherwise that, I don't. I've that, heard. I, that angers me what can we do how can we change what can we do because i think i've repeated this to you before there's an old saying that for evil to flourish all that it takes is for good people to do nothing i like to think of myself as a good person and i don't do nothing but what can we do more how how are we going to change this? Because this is a major obstacle. This is a major obstacle in getting anything done. It is. And we wonder why there are not more women in, in our space. And we wonder why people do drop out. And we wonder why sometimes you just can't find women in some of these social settings. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you wonder why it's going to take 169 years to close the economic gap in the world. And you wonder why it's going to take 131 years to get to gender parity, if at all. That is, I won't see it in my lifetime. My kids will not see it in their lifetime, and neither will their children if they do live that long. Why is that? It hasn't changed. It has not budged. It's, it's a power imbalance. It's not a lack of awareness, as we talked about before. We're all aware. If you had not seen anything, you had not heard anything, you're blind. I'm sorry. You have to have seen something. Everyone has whether or not you choose to do something about it, whether or not you choose to step up and whether or not you choose to look away, that's your choice. Just like how one of my favorite topic, which is not a pleasant topic, one of my favorite topic is financial inclusion and inequality. 
inequality is a choice, not a choice by the people who are suffering, but the policy choice is absolutely policy choice. You design a policy in a way that favors certain demographics of people, and you choose to look away and abandon the rest. That is a policy choice. Same with gender. You choose to have a environment, an economy that favors certain demographics of people, and you ignore creating an infrastructure to support people that are working, that are women, who are underprivileged. And you create a certain imbalance situation in terms of power, in terms of access to education, in terms of access to employment opportunities. That also is a choice. So we actively, in a society, as citizens, we actively choose the path that we put everyone in. And I don't know if there's a way out. <laughs> I don't. I've tried. Trust me, I've tried. But there has to be a way out. I mean, can we talk about, should we talk about some of the, some of the ways out that don't work? Maybe those are myths. Because, you know, so, I'll you, give could you, have, yeah. you, could, you could have, you know, appraisal system in the organization where they go, you know, we, we don't have mental, physical abuse. We don't have bullying in our organization because we do a 360 staff survey every year and we've got a, a you know, um, a gold award for best employer and all of this. And in my mind, I look at those and I go, what a load of bollocks, because I've never, I've never seen any of those actually done in a way that would solicit the truthful responses from employees. Mm -hmm. Everybody would be terrified of saying, you know, Bob in the corner feels me up every time I go past the desk, or, you know, maybe it's not quite as overt as that these days. It used to be 30 years ago, though. That was perfectly acceptable. You know, young lady walks past the desk, give her a slap on the bum or something like that seemed to be, but we've seen enough TV programs where that was, you know, that behavior was perpetuated. That's not okay. But in a work environment, there's all of these, you know, well, we've got these surveys and we've got this um, clinic set up and we, we do this mandatory training for everybody. And, you know, we tell all the guys that this isn't okay and all the rest, but you say that has done nothing because it's not behavior. meant to change behavior it's meant to cover their asses i'm sorry don't you can bleep me out it is meant for corporate protection i'm to not protect themselves with... from lawsuit it's not meant to actually teach you how to be a decent person policy does not teach you how to be a decent person it doesn't right if by now as an adult you're working and you still don't know exactly how you're supposed to treat the other people. I'm sorry. No policies can change that. I'm actually putting that down as the myth of policy. <laughs> that is true. See, I told you things will come up. We, we um, know that this is a completely unstructured conversation. and I like unstructured. It's all the all the corporate training, isn't it? Compliance training, all the stuff that we need to do every year. Check the boxes click next oops you got one wrong we do it again and that does jack shit about changing 
behaviors. We do it to check the box so that our boss doesn't get sued. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, you, you've got children, right? Uh-huh. You've got daughters. Daughters? One daughter? One daughter, one son. Sorry, one daughter, one son. My apologies. I've met That's your, okay. I haven't met your son. So she enters the workforce in 10 years' time or so. I'll tell her to not do what I do. Uh, how are you going to yeah but so are you saying that this is specific only to your to the industry that you work in is it is this particularly prevalent in stem related topics i i think that there might be a huge outcry i can sort of hear it from now from people listening <laughs> do you better believe it i one of my daughters works in the hospitality industry um i can tell you when she told the story she is diminutive in heart i think she'd probably take you up to your ear hole only she's tiny and even smaller than me she was she was working she was doing an internship in a kitchen and um the the one of the big burly chefs thought it was hilarious to pick her up and put her in an empty pot that was standing on the floor it's a massive pot i mean but the pot was higher than she was okay um and she couldn't get out. She she couldn't get out. It it's one of these enormous big catering things, right? And they thought um, it was funny. Not only did he think it was funny, she was the only woman in the brigade uh, brigade at that point in time, and and all of them thought it was funny, and they left her in there for quite a while before one of them came in and pulled her back out again. Um, but that's bullying. That mm -hmm. that's just that's not right, and. You know, when she made a complaint about it, she was accused of not being a team player, which is the biggest load of bollocks that I've ever heard. Unfortunately, she was in another country at the time because I would, and she only told us the story quite a while later. Otherwise, I would have, you know, clearly those people's parents didn't teach them how to be decent human beings. So, they would need somebody to come and beat the hell out of them to teach them a lesson about that. But it's not only this industry, whatever industry, unless your, your daughter is going to live the life of a hermit on an island somewhere and paint or something like that, you know, um, raise bunnies. I know you love the bunnies. <laughs> she's going to go into the workplace one day. What advice are you going to give her? I mean, it can't just be that you, it's all on you to have to do countermeasures to overcome this. That can't be the magic. There's got to be, you know, the, the whole show is about trying to find the magic. And I'm, I'm struggling because I'm angry that over the decades of your working career, all that you can say is that awareness has increased, but behavior not changed much mm -hmm. if at all in some places hasn't I'll, I'll tell you this that one time when i did encounter this experience and the uh, client sponsored dinner actually when a few of our mutual friends were there um that was actually the reason why i was there and um there were plenty of people that were around me and no one did anything that's 
And so I had to go to the bathroom, hide myself, and I had to text someone. So um, is it going to change? Maybe. I don't know. Do I have hope that our industry will change? Absolutely not. Is there something else that we can do? Not a whole lot. Look at how many women there are as bank CEOs. Look at how many women there are as head of fintechs. Look at how many women we have been losing. It, it's, it's purely, it's a power play. It is a power play. People feel entitled. They can do certain things. People feel entitled. They can demand certain things. People feel that they can do something if they, you know, if you're not part of it, then you're just too stuffy, right? You're not a team player. That's what people always say. Oh, it's nothing. It's downplaying how you make people feel, not your actions. And do you want to be part of it or you don't want to be part of it? If you don't butt out, that's basically what the message is, isn't it? So I believe that the way that we change it is we change it. Lone you. The finger, it's on me. It's on me and the people that I interact with. It's, it really does come down to that. If, if I do nothing, that's what it, you know, th this is where these monsters will thrive and survive because people aren't shining the light on it. I mean, I, and, and that's why I don't shy away from, from covering a topic like this, even though people might have expected you to talk about the monsters of the metaverse, which I'm sure there are loads of, and actually maybe we do another one another time on that. But, but this is important, this because I know that people are dismissive about other people's opinions in the room until, well, even after they've proven their credentials. I know that my daughter as a female CEO has to work not twice as hard as a man to have her voice heard around a boardroom table, but five, ten times as hard because she's got to break so many biases and, and you know, belief systems in people's heads that, oh, but she's just a young girlie, isn't she? What the hell does she know about that? She runs rings around people in, in a technological discussions. She's had but to... But that's precisely that, right? You can't be too young because otherwise you're inexperienced. You cannot be too old because you're out of date. You can't show up as too fat because I've been called a fat soul. You can't show up not dressed properly, even though I've seen plenty of men who would gladly go on stage with shorts and, you know, running shoes. We are held to a completely different standard. That's not even feasible because some of them are contradicting. You need to be assertive to be a leader, but yet you cannot be too much. Otherwise, you're bossy. You need to speak up. Otherwise, you don't get hurt. But if you speak up too much, you get dismissed. Where do we draw the line now? Right? It's not, it's nothing is ever enough. Nothing is ever good enough. And that's the monster because we don't have the power. The people, who can affect change 
are not standing up. They're not doing anything. So those who have power remain in power because they don't have incentive to change. I'm writing down those in power. <laughs> no. I'm going to charge you for it later. <laughs> but, I mean, but isn't it true though, right? That's the frustrating part is I started out, I'll tell you a story. I started out in college and I, and I've shared this many times. I spent four years in college being told that, you know, the only reason why I was there is because I'm a woman and Asian check two boxes done. Um, and then I remember after graduating, I, I did engineering degree for a completely different reason, just to prove that I could do it. Um, and, and then I, I started in a company, um, those, that, that was my second company and I loved it because it was, it was a space that I met two people, genuinely amazing men. And that's why I, I caution myself and say, it's not always about men, it's about predators with power. Um, the first man, he was he was my boss. And um, and I and I I told someone that in a recent interview because I, I thought of his actions often when it there were rumors that you know we we're gonna have a layoff. This was back in the 90s. Um, he told HR, he said, you know, he said, if your guys are going to, you know, have to lay off people from my team, lay me off and not Theo, because Theo's younger. And it's going to be harder for her to find a job in the downturn. And he told me that afterwards, of course. And I found out. And none of us got laid up. But that that had a profound impact on me because someone stepped up, right? Someone stepped up. Someone in the position of power stepped up to change something. And then afterwards, shortly thereafter, one of the uh, sales manager um, in the company, when it came time to present a product in the industry conference in Clemson University he came to me and and I had only been in the company for like maybe a little over a year and he said Theo I want you to do the presentation I'm like are you kidding me like industry conference for spectrophotometer that was my industry measure color you want me to present he was like yeah you should because I've done this many times you had never done it you should try it Someone genuinely extending and sharing the power with someone. I don't think I've ever seen that ever since then. I had not. Right. And so, yes, we could change, but there were not enough people who were willing to change. There are not enough people who are willing to be decent human beings to step up and change the status quo because they still benefit from it. Why would you change something if you're still drawing benefits from it? The people do exist. Um, we've just got to find a way to find them. I, there are very few people who, um, I have repeated this to you. I was um, approached to uh, put my name forward for a non-executive director position in a financial services company. And um, I, I was basically told, look, the position is yours. You've just got to um, make a formal application. And I had a look at their board 
their exec board and I then phoned up the headhunter and I said, not only will I not be putting my name forward, but I sincerely suggest that you have a conversation with the CEO and the chairman of the board and you get some diversity on your agenda on your board because i've looked at your board and i've looked at the next level of management below and that is in total 27 people out of which one was woman and one was a person of color lovely token and <laughs> oh, yeah but but such a low token it's just not even worthwhile considering um and my wife was quite upset with me at the time because we've been going through some serious financial difficulties and that the job would have made a huge impact and i went I, I don't know whether it's you know the way my folks raised me or whatever but i have a very strong moral compass i also have a very close friendship group who share a very strong moral compass and i said that I could probably have got the job and the money would have helped significantly, but I couldn't have lived with myself. I, I just couldn't have done it. So, so the, the job has gone to somebody else. Um, and it was a woman that they picked, um, with the full support of the chairman who, who had already actually, um, had a few words with the CEO. But that's not the first time that I've done it. I've I've pulled myself out of um, of application processes when it's come down to the wire on something, and I've gone. I don't deserve this because it would be taking the job away from somebody who actually should have a voice, and. People are giving me the opportunity because of my past and my history. And that's not going to sit well with me morally. So, so I've stopped applying for corporate positions anymore. Um, and I actively try and change people's minds um, and actively support and speak out. I'm too old and cranky to keep what I feel to myself now. I really, you know, what have I got to lose if I'm just going to open my fat gob and say something? But the thing that I think is a bit of magic that I do think we can end this on a slightly positive note, although we haven't got, we haven't got the magic to share. Um, there was a, there was a blog written by a mutual friend of ours um, back in June. Do you remember Leader Glyptus's story about the war fries? I did. When she walked out of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And everybody as Followed. well got up and walked out. And it was, I, I, I'll drop a link in the show notes because it's both funny, but also, yeah, it's funny because Leader's a really good storyteller. I, I'm envious of her storytelling capability and i pride myself in being a pretty good storyteller myself but leader takes it to the next level i love her stories so she weaves a good tale but in it is always a 
good moral kick in the nuts. Um, and that's what this one was about, was the core, the moral of the story is, it doesn't have to happen to you for you to understand that it's wrong. When you see something and you know it's wrong, the biggest thing that you can do is support the wronged person. And, and in that particular story, everybody, even the one person who hadn't actually seen the incident, they understood leader had been wronged. Therefore, they as a group had been wronged and they all stood up and they all walked out. And it's about allyship. And I call upon all of those good people who to date have sat around doing nothing when they see the kind of things happening, whether it's somebody being dismissive about another person's opinion or point of view or capability, simply because of who they are. And that doesn't mean that simply because who they are because they are female. It could be who they are because they come from another country, who they are because they speak with a different language, who they are because they don't like Star Wars. No, actually, that's inexcusable. Um, but you see it all the time when people in power or with the power to change a course of events in an organization or in life, when the people around them do nothing when they know that something is fundamentally and morally wrong. The good people have got to stand up and be counted. And I, I, I hope that the people that know me will count me in those. But let's get more of us together. The next time that you're at dinner and you want an ally, please don't leave before dessert. It's the best part. <laughs> we've gone on for 40 minutes which is longer than we normally go on we haven't got i'm sorry no that's absolutely fine it's a the frustration is not having a a specific piece of magic if you had to give one strong message to people in leadership positions, what would it be? What would you like to say to all of those besides the absolutely blatant obvious, don't be a dick? Be a human. Be human. That's it. Just be a human. Not just That's be a simple. No, just be human. You don't, like you say, you don't have to have lived through those experiences. Just be human. Empathy. We're not machines. Thank See, you. you knew you were going to, you knew you were going to get a different answer out for me for Monsters of Myth, but I'm not for conventional answers. So and there you have it. That's all fantastic. Theo, thank you so much for coming on the show. I will put links that people can get hold of you and uh, in the show notes I'll put your LinkedIn I'll put your website I'll put your podcast 
anything else that you want to, maybe even a link to your latest book. Thank you very much for, Thank you. for a deep discussion on a topic that needs to be spoken more about so we can move that needle before your daughter gets into the work environment because i'd hate her to live through what you've gone through so far thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me andrew